Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day guys, welcome back to the Hoopball Pelicans podcast. As always, I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K, as in bank, at Hoopball Pels is the show, uh, a hoop-ball.com presentation. Guys, as always, I like to spoil you, and uh, so I thought I would invite on a very special guest, you've heard him before, and he's from the Pelicans Plus podcast, Elliot Clough. How you going, mate? I'm great, Lyle. Uh, always excited to, to talk Pelicans with my favorite Aussie. Well, I'll take that. And uh, it's the first time I've been called that by anyone. So you know, usually you just get kicked to the curb. But uh, at least the third favorite behind uh, Hugh Jackman and, and Chris Hemsworth. But um, nope. you know, oh, number one, number one. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, how's things been at your end? Ticking along? Yeah, man. Uh, we were talking a little bit about before about it before we started recording. Just got my first full time job and trying to balance that with with covering the Pelicans and finding a new place and covering uh, the the college where I went to, University of Northern Iowa, covering the Panthers and their football team. And I'm shadowing the play by play guy who's been doing it for 30 years, doing PA for women's soccer, hosting a podcast for them on top of doing the Pell stuff and now this full time job. So. Uh, my head was spinning this entire last week. Uh, just got back from vacation too in, in Northern Minnesota for your Aussie, uh, friends, uh, other Australians. It's, it's the Northern part of the States. Um, but, uh, went fishing with some, with some of my family and stuff like that. But anyway, it, it's just been, it's just been nuts. And, uh, I, I'm excited for, for the season to start and hopefully it won't make my life as crazy as it has, it has been this last week. It sounds like you've had to juggle a few things. Um, what is it, that Red Panda or whatever her name is, the one that keeps all the plates in the air with the sticks that they have at the halftime shows? Oh, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it was a very obscure yeah. reference, but um, right. you know, that yeah. famous <laughs> halftime performer that uh, she has all the plates in the air on the sticks. But yeah, just trying right. to keep them up. Um, you know, I can imagine that uh, <laughs> is, um, you know, it's been been a bit of a, bit of a task but uh yeah glad to hear you're uh you're settling in and uh and getting into that full-time job and it, it's all coming together it's really good yeah i appreciate it man it's been fun and, and i actually get to combine the coverage of of the panthers with with the stuff that i'm doing for my full-time job i get to write about them a little bit and so that's been fun and i'm hoping that uh either with my boot crew credentials or the town square media credentials i'll actually be able to go to a, one of these pelicans games that are going to be up near here they're playing the bulls and the timberwolves at the beginning of the season so that's pretty close to me so i'm hoping that i'll be able to get some credentials for that oh fantastic how's that you'll be uh you'll be marching down the sideline move the ball do it. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how close actually, that gets become, you <laughs> actually become best friends with Wendy and gabriel 
well, you'd be the only one. <laughs> as you said, I, <laughs> right. Maybe not after this last one, but hey. <laughs> um, so I suppose to kick us off, um, off season. It's uh it's 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 off now. We're into preseason. We've moved into the next phase of the uh of the season. I can't believe we're already it's already upon us. Uh, we're one preseason game in the book. What were your overall thoughts of the uh the off season? I suppose how's that for an open-ended question? Yeah, so and I'm I'm generally I'd like to think an optimist. I, I've said this about myself before, default aggressive, default optimistic. And I I've got that from two very different parts of my life, but anyway, um, and and I think Griff deserves just about every bit of criticism that he's gotten, especially this off season, especially having to recover from the previous off season where we ended, where the Pelicans ended up with Steven Adams and, uh, and Eric Bledsoe, obviously that was a disaster and a half. They did not fit the roster at all. And he, what, what, what uh, Griff had to do was essentially well, he had to make up for his mistakes is what he did this last off season. And so a lot of people like, I don't even want to praise him because he had to make up for those mistakes. Well, I mean, you got to give him credit where it's due, right? I, he noticed the mistake. He didn't double down. He didn't put his feet into the ground. You know, he, he flipped the switch and went out and did what he thought would improve the team. And, and I like the addition of Jonas Valanciunas. I like the addition of Devontae Graham. I love the fact that they traded down and were able to get Trey Murphy instead of staying at 10, you know, hoping for Moses Moody to fall to them, or they would have had a shot at, at book night too. But Trey Murphy might be the steal of the draft. I mean, six for 10 in his first, I mean, NBA appearance, it wasn't a legit game. Right. But this dude is the archetype of what the Pelicans wanted and needed out of the draft. He's a three and D wing to a T he's long. He's probably going to continue to grow. I don't know if you knew this. He was six, five when he graduated high school and now oh. he's six, nine. Yeah, right. So he could, he could continue to grow. He might get to six, 10, six, 11, who knows? Um, and then Herb Jones looks like a, just a hooper, man. He just looks like he is a basketball player. Like he is, I mean, all over on the defensive end. He is, he's a little erratic offensively, but the athleticism is there. He can get a jump shot. He's going to be very, very helpful to this team. Devontae Graham is, is a bucket getter. Jonas Valanciunas can, can fill it up when the, when the Pels need it. And the biggest need this team had for two years was to get long wings that can defend. And now they have loads of them. Najee, Herb, Trey, Possibly Didi Luzada. He is a little undersized, but then you got Josh Hart as well. And if Brandon Ingram becomes a defender that we know he's all capable of being, like we've been saying the last three years, if he does that, he he will add to the arsenal of defenders that they have in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, Trey Murphy, gosh. Um, <laughs> just uh, that I completely um, echo what, what you said, you know, David Griffin. I think he was on his third strike and um, and he, he may have got a hit. We're still waiting to see, you know, he, I suppose for your baseball terminology, I don't know baseball that well, but um, he, uh, you know, he really did whiff on a few things. And I think we were all defending him at the end, at, at the start of last preseason. Everyone was like, no, nah, let's just give it a go. We've got Stephen Adams, we've got Eric Bledsoe, you know, Eric Bledsoe was the all defensive second team player, as we know, you know, Stephen Adams is hard interior defender, um, sets a hard screen, had played with a lot of ball-dominant guys as well, doesn't really need to get his own shot. 
there's no reason why that couldn't work on paper. You know, on NBA 2K, fantastic team to play with. The realist, the, I suppose we then saw what <laughs> unfolded. Um, you know, dysfunction, uh, lack of spacing, lack of caring. Um, you Stand know, Gundy. A, yeah, Stan Van Gundy. You know, there was all COVID. There was a whole heap of factors that went into last season that you know they had to be addressed. I think David Griffin probably took a little bit too long to sack Stan Van Gundy. I think that should have probably happened a bit sooner than it did. And maybe that was just jumping through the, uh, the bureaucracy of getting someone on a four-year contract fired. Uh, but then addressing the needs by, I think, flipping uh, what Stephen Adams and Bledsoe for, for JV, Devontae Graham, Garrett Temple, I suppose Lonzo Ball's gone as well. You know, getting rid of right. these pieces that were a bit of a clunky fit and obviously just didn't really care about being there. Um, for the most part, in the, in the terms of, of uh, Bledsoe. And turning it into all of these pieces, managing to get proper rotation pieces. I mean, JV was an absolute beast last year. It was 17 and 13 or something. You know, there were some games where he absolutely massacred us. And yeah. um, Just ask Billy Hernan Gomez about how good JV is. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. You know, there was some... Yeah. And, I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's corrected his mistakes as to all this other off-season stuff that we we heard about. Um, you know, that was just some the weird freaking stuff. Freaking piano, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just weird. Just weird. And it, like, I, I thought it was hilarious. So we did our roundtable that, like, the day that it happened. It, it couldn't have been better. It was so awesome that we were able to get – uh, Justin Napoli, Chris Connor, and Jake uh, Jake Madison all in one pot. I saw you commented and, and you sent me that message about Jake and you were laughing down the streets of Perth. And that message made me laugh. I, it was so funny. But the thing that made me laugh overall about that was we were just reaming David Griffin on that podcast. Like, I don't think I've swore that much on a podcast. And and Jake, I've never heard Jake swear before. No. It was awesome. And, and so – People then stuck around for media day, listened to hear what Zion and David Griffin had to say. And obviously they denied it because that's what you're supposed to do in an organization. And they just took their word for it. Like, oh, oh yeah, it's just a bunch of BS. Yeah, yeah, Christian Clark made it up. Christian Clark, are you kidding me? This dude is like the embodiment of journalistic integrity. He, like the the book, uh, the Al Kelly freaking Griff handed out, The Alchemist. You know know what I'm talking about in the story? Christian <laughs> Christian went out and bought the book and read it for the article. Are you you're telling me that guy made up the story? Are you kidding me? Golly. Yeah. Oh, that I... pissed me off. <laughs> it's like really? Uh, but but anyway, to to go back to a couple of things you you mentioned, I didn't talk about Temple or or Sadoransky at all, the the acquisitions, um, and Lonzo Ball for that matter. I am thrilled that the pelicans didn't pay lonzo ball 85 million dollars four years 85 million dollars and went with graham at four years 47 that so much better of a deal to me lonzo is obviously a better defender and i've i've heard people still bringing up the lonzo gnaw backcourt that we did not get to see at all last year and that we should have seen a hell of a lot more uh and and i you know i i think we all wish we would have seen a little bit more of that i've never said lonzo's trash I've never said Lonzo's garbage. I think he has a spot in this league. I don't want to pay him $21 million a year. Sorry. I, I put out a podcast that was entitled 
Lonzo Ball isn't as good as people think he is, and the mm-hmm. Chicago Bulls will be disappointed. And Lonzo stands went after me, dude. The YouTube comments in that video were nasty. Like, you're low basketball IQ. You're saying he's trash. You don't know what you're talking about. And like, I it just, I just let it slide. I like, it, it's, it's, there's a, there's a disease in the Lonzo stand community and it's pervasive. I don't know. It's so weird, but I, and I, I, I've never said he was trash. I, I actively said, I am not saying Lonzo ball is bad at basketball because he has his spot in the league. And he's, he's a decent enough player, but he's not, not he's just not that good. Mm. He's just not like watch basketball games last year, other than the four where he went for, you know, 12 for 16 from three or whatever, something crazy like that. Not that exactly like the game against the bucks when the, when the Pels beat him, and you'd say, Oh my God, this guy, but you watch all 72 games from last year and it leaves you, he just leaves a lot to be desired. He just does. And I, I like him. He's fine. Glad the Pels didn't pay him $85 million. Simple yeah, as that. absolutely. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think Lonzo Ball has his place in the league. I think he um, is a solid basketball player. And I think in the right situation, there's no reason why he can't be a good basketball player and, and play up to that contract. I, I, I can't say that. I just don't think the Pelicans was the place to do it. I think for him this Bulls team might be really good because he's sitting there surrounded by three other high usage guys or medium usage guys. They're trying to figure that out. And all he's got to do is pass the ball to guys who can clean up any little odd mispass that he does. You know, he's, he's got the situation there. Um, he's also been told, this is what your role is. It looks like he's going to be playing point guard. He can play in that role. I think he was asked to do a few different things at, at the Pels. Maybe he wasn't happy with it. I don't know it looked like he was pretty good at shooting threes towards the end, you know, and if, if that's all he has to do is, is pass the ball to Zach Levine and shoot the ball, I think he's probably got no issue. I think it was where he was asked to create and, and um, you know, this step back threes and sometimes he's got a little bit ahead of himself. But And uh, being the point of attack defender, that's not him. He is an off ball defender and he's, he's fine. Like he, he's mm-hmm. a good, he's an okay defender. He's not, he's just not what he's all cracked up to be. He's just not like, like the, the ESPNs and, and some of these bigger affiliates love to, to say, love to praise him for stuff, but like he essentially hasn't done. <laughs> like he's, he's good enough, but I just, yeah. But yeah. he has a cult following it's, as well. So, you know, the big yeah. media plays up to all of that sort of carry on as well, because, you know, right. Lonzo Ball gets clicks. Um, yep. You know, that's the, the long and the short of it as well. And the thing too, uh, you know, people love to say he's a good defender and, and, uh, and off the ball, he's a great defender. Like I said, with the acquisitions of Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, and, and, and having Najee Marshall around, you just, you don't need that type of, uh, I mean, you really don't need him to come back. It would have been fine. Like it would have been good to have him come back on a decent enough deal. Maybe you're paying him 16, 17, $18 million. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a large part of what he brought to the team was, was on the defensive end and then catching and shooting threes. And you replace that with the guys who are a hell of a lot cheaper. And this team is so much deeper than they've been in a long time. Yeah. And I think that has to be the, uh, the overarching message. I mean, and we did, we get into Lonzo a little bit, but you know, we're just a bit scorned. Uh, you know, he, by managing to expand the roster down to, to really 10 deep, you know, 10, 12 deep. Everyone can play basketball. Even the 
two-way guys we saw in, in the summer league can play. So I don't think that's ever been the case. I think last year, maybe we were six, seven, eight deep. We started getting injuries. You're all of a sudden six deep. It makes it really tough really quickly to win basketball games. When you have a team where Nicolo Melli regularly gets minutes, you're probably not going to be very good. <laughs> and rely on him to. And, and rely yeah. on him to play and, and defend these bigger guys. Well, he just was never cut out to be able to do that. Um, nope. and, and by asking him to do it, it was almost unfair on him because that wasn't who he was. You want to stand him off. You want to hide him on defense. You want to stand him off in the three-point line and just hope that he can actually make a shot. Fortunately, that also didn't work. He had a hot streak before you know COVID hit where he was nailing shots yeah. left and right. And then just it never happened again. The one, the the one game where I where it was clear he actually contributed was when the the Pels had that massive comeback against the Celtics and Bi hit that shot and uh, and Zion essentially bullied Tristan Thompson. Um, and he had that heat check in that game where he made like two threes and the Pels were up by one and then he launched another one. That's right. <laughs> I was just like, oh gosh, that's so on brand for Nico. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, it's just very, very different this year. I mean, you, I tweeted that thing about the seven guys under 24. I don't know if you saw this yet. Seven guys under 24 being a regular part of the rotation. I mean, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Trey Murphy, Zion, um, uh, Brandon Ingram, trying to think. Uh, I, I already said Jackson Hayes and such like that, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. I'm going to find it. Probably okay. I said it was, yeah. Well, no, nah, I don't know about Kyra. Yeah, he just be. hasn't looked great as of late. So Herb Jones is 23. Zion's 21. Jackson Hayes is 21. Trey Murphy's 21. Najee Marshall's 23, Nas 23, and Brandon Ingram's 24. And that's, I mean, that's a good part of the of the roster right there, right? And then mm-hmm. you get you get Josh Hart, you got uh JV, you got Devontae Graham. Sato is probably gonna get some significant minutes here and there. I mean, <sighs> they're just deep. And you can play Kyra. You could possibly mm-hmm. get DD in there for, you know, just go out there and irritate somebody. Just don't turn the ball over, rack up yeah. a couple fouls and piss somebody off, you know, and just be an irritant. You can have that. Wenyon could be that if you really want him to. He's he's pretty erratic, but. <laughs> Wenyon. I'm a ride or die, Wenyon. <laughs> Wenyon, man, I am. I am. But this team is, it's just, it's ridiculously deep comparatively and, and a big part of that is the addition of those two draft picks who you, who you know Trey can play right away Herb is probably going to take a little bit of development but I mean uh, and you went from Stephen Butterfingers Adams in the paint to JV and you went from Eric Bledsoe who doesn't pay attention in timeouts to Devontae Graham who have both been leaders on their team in one way or another JV more in terms of play. Devontae is vocal and he clearly wants to be in new Orleans. Like he has made it abundantly mm-hmm. clear. Devontae is happy to be in, be in new Orleans. And that is huge, huge. Well, you know, in a small market team as well, where guys actually want to come to free agents want to come down here, it starts with him. And then all of a sudden you start winning. And then other guys go, well, hang on, we've got Zion Williams, uh, Williamson and, and also Brandon Ingram there. You've got guys raving about the city. And then they've also got this massive television cap spike coming. Yep. All of the guys are going to be prime 25, 26. The whole team's going to be 
entering the prime at the same time. Yep. You know, Devontae Graham's only, what, 25, 26 himself. So, what, he's hitting 28. Yep. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the, the growth you, is you there. Not, right. And this might be the one and only year JV is around, depending on the development yeah, of Jackson be. Hayes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just get you go out and get another essentially what's another Billy Hernan Gomez, and you can play a lot of small ball. Herb Jones can be your four. Trey Trey Murphy could be your four. I mean, Herb Jones could be your five. Maybe Trey Murphy could be your five. You could play some five with with Zion. I mean, there's just so much flexibility with this roster going forward. Even and it also depends on the development of Nah too, and and what do we see from Kyra and DD? And I think I, I I'm I'm getting to a point where I'm probably going to be out on DD just for lack of offensive output, but there's a lot of flexibility. There's a lot of depth in that. I mean, there's a lot of flexibility in the depth and I mean, there's just, there's just a lot of talent on this team and, and guys like Najee Marshall and Josh Hart, who might not be that talented as, as the Zions, as the BIs, but they're going to get theirs, you know, they're going to get theirs. They're going to contribute one way or another. And Trey Murphy just wants to win. Like that dude is, I, I'm I'm getting probably uh, irrationally positive at this moment in time, so I will I will calm down a little bit. <laughs> now nah, let's blow the lid off. I'm I'm in the right. same uh, I'm in the same boat. You know, for the first time, we've got guys that can do a bit of everything. There's no glaring weakness in the in the roster. I mean, I'm waiting for game one to start, and then we can reassess. But you know, at the moment, there isn't anything that goes. Why didn't we go and get? X skill. We've got guys that want to play hard. We've got guys that want to be here. We've got guys that can shoot, guys that can handle the ball, guys that can defend multiple positions. We've got big guys. We've got small guys. The roster is so deep. We've got guys that can play one through four or three through five. And I don't think we've ever had guys that you can just interchange. You know, there was a, there was a moment in the, in the Magic uh, – sorry, not the Magic game, in the uh, Timberwolves game that we just had um, – where the, the final run in the last quarter was the summer Pels with um, Trey Murphy at center. You know, he was the tallest guy. And all of a sudden you're on a 12-0 run or 12-2 run to, to close the game off. And we all know how that ended, um, Wenyon. But, uh, you know... <laughs> um, Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> you know, you get to see this... Um, this uh, variance in in the ability to throw different line out uh, lineups out. We just have never been able to do that. You could play a center, you could play a wing, you could play a power forward, and you could play a couple of guards. That's it. All of a sudden, you could play five wings, and from six ten through to six five, and absolutely decimate people because everyone's playing hard, everyone's so long, and everyone's mobile. And- you can just and you can just go out and run, yeah, and just run teams to death. And, and Willie Green's mentioned this, that he wants to play almost 10, 10 people deep in the rotation. Um, and I saw that in one of the post-training uh, interviews that he was saying, yeah, well, we go to 10 because we run so much. They're playing this 0.5 offense now, and that means get the hell up the court and yep. then get into your offense early, move the ball, make your decisions quickly. Um, and, and, like, and uh, you know, differences between this year and last year as well is, well, we didn't even talk about the Willie Green Aussie uh, uh, hiring for the Aussie in his season as well. And that hiring, I was just all about it. Like I heard Willie speak in that first initial conference mm-hmm. and I've listened to a, a few podcasts that he was featured on. Like, I think he was on one with the Suns and just heard him yeah. talk about his approach to coaching. And I was just blown away. Like he's just a guy 
who you listen to speak once and it's like, that is person I would love to be my boss or coach or whatever. And so I love that the hiring of Mike D'Antoni. Holy crap. That is huge. And especially when we're talking about getting out and running, like I just was, I, I, I tweeted about it. I don't know, probably last week. And I said, I'm so jacked. This dude's in new Orleans. And I am. I, I think that was probably the most underrated hire of the entire offseason. Yeah, I mean, well, we've seen seven seconds or less. The bloke knows yep. how to run. Um, you know, that was one of the teams that actually got me into the into following the NBA back in I don't know, 2008 or 2009. Was it seven seconds or less? Oh yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, you Those know, Suns teams were fun as hell. Steve amazing. Nash was yeah. He was, a, he was a magician with the basketball. Um, you know, big stat, Amari Stoudemire, Joe Johnson, um, Sean Marion. You know, that team was just yep. absolutely stacked. Uh, one of the Richardsons as well. But uh, yeah. anyway, it's me reminiscing, showing my age. <laughs> um, you know, that um, being able to bring that in, there's a lot of similarities between how that team operated and even how we did it in, in Houston and what he could do with the Pels. You know, you've got these lengthy wing creators. You've got guys that can play multiple positions and guys that want to run young legs, run, <laughs> you know, just burn them off the court. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think and we really I, suffered with that. I mean, I am just absolutely, I mean, what type of players in terms of frame do you want on your team? When you first think of, of frame of, of, of basketball uh, archetypes in terms of, of body type, it's the Herb Jones, it's the Trey Murphy, it's the Najee Marshall, it's the Brandon Ingram. I'm sure these guys can stand on opposite sides of the court and hold hands if they want to. Like, like if you, and even though Brandon was pretty, pretty atrocious this last season in terms of defense, like if he just learns to use his frame, it, I mean, it's over. Like Willie Green is a coach that cultivates buy-in and if you are bought in, you're going to play defense. Yeah, That's and, just what's going to happen. And we saw some flashes of it on, on in the preseason game with, you know, Brandon tipping a few passes. He did a massive um, intercept pass. He was playing NFL there. He jumped up and plucked it and come charging back up the court, you know. And there would have been times where he would just thrown an arm at it or it, it, it not even yeah. got there. But now he looks stronger. I, I honestly reckon he looks bigger. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, the thing, of, uh, and, and to go back to Willie Green and, and, and their relationship, mm. you have to know that B.I. was involved in that hiring. Yeah. After how Stan Van Gundy and his relationship went south, you have to know Willie was the guy that B.I. and probably Zion wanted to. I, mm. I mean, I, I, it's just, it's difficult for me. I, I think Griff said the opposite, but that's just what Griff does. Yeah. He, uh, he said that they weren't involved in the in the hiring process, but it's hard for me to believe otherwise. I, I I just have loads of optimism going into this season. I really do. And for a lot of reasons, and Willie Green and the additions of this offseason are massive parts of that. Yeah. And hopefully that culture sort of starts at the top, works its way down to the to the bottom. We're starting to see it. We're starting to see this buy-in and the guys are working hard on defense. And I mean, you always get the the standard off-season uh, spin of these guys have worked so hard. This is the greatest team of all. They've never, I've never seen a team that worked harder. And you know, right. their blood, sweat, and tears went into this. But 
if, it, the, if the, it is if it. Right, right, exactly. And the other thing that uh, one of my, that actually Justin mentioned to me from, from Propel's talk is if Griff fires Willie Green, that's essentially Griff firing himself. So, you know, how Griff has been incredibly involved in there, tried to be incredibly involved with Gentry and with, with SVG. I mean, he can't really do that now, you know, like, like Willie will have a lot more power this time around. And that's a pretty freaking good thing. Cause I think Willie has a great head on his shoulders and he won't, he won't use that to his advantage. He won't use it to spite Griff. He'll say, look, this is what we should do. This is why I think we should do it. And hopefully Griff will get the message, the underlying message, and realize that he's essentially digging his own grave if he fires a guy for, for doing what he wants to do as, as the head coach of a team. It has to be some stability, this offer. This has to be, this has to be a hit. He can't, um, he can't go and have another season where you're like, no, nah, we're going to sack him again. And yeah. I think having Brandon Ingram in Phoenix, obviously with the finals going on, he went and saw these teams and, um, you know, being involved. There's no way that he didn't go and be consulted on this when he's already in the same city where the, where the coach is. Right. You know, and they've all got mates in different teams anyway. There's no way they're not texting, what do you reckon this guy? He's been at right. what, three different teams. Uh, he's also from New Orleans. He played down here as well um, yeah. at one point. You know, there's, there's a connections there. And people that they trust are going to be talking to the players and say, go and get that guy. It's not going to be yep. just plucked out of thin air. And, I mean, showing Willie Green's, I suppose, rise up the uh, coaching ranks so quickly, really, um, you know, that's got to be a testament to this guy and how he manages people, he manages players, he manages coaching, and he manages the front offense. Offense, you, you just don't get up the steps that quickly without having some sort of um, wherewithal and, and knowledge of how the game works, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And the fact, and, and be just good at relationships. Exactly. Like yeah. that, that is fundamental to rising the supposed hierarchy in, in, in every single career path that you choose, because you have to impress people and maintain relationships and, and be good with your, you know, quote subordinates. And just Willie has continued to impress, you know, coaching staff after coaching staff and player after player and the relationship that he has with Chris Paul, like immediately elevated him to this level for me. Like, and uh, the, it's, it's the way of coaching that, and I've said this on almost probably every radio show or every podcast I've been on since, since Willie was hired. So if you're listening to this and you, and you've heard me talk about Willie, I'm continuing to beat the dead horse <laughs> because <again>. it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he is the coach that, you know, you had in high school or middle school or, or college that you will continue to talk to throughout the rest of your life. I had a coach in high school who he didn't have any kids and, and we were essentially his kids. And I texted him this, this summer and said, happy father's day. And that's what I think you're getting from Willie green, because this coach that I'm referencing is a guy that I absolutely adore, consider him to be one of my role models, like a second father figure. And I also, I like, I just respect the hell out of him. Like it, when Willie would like, if Willie approaches BI and says, dude, we need you defensively. We need you here. BI will take that to heart and step up. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that about Willie Green. Like he just has that presence 
and that ability to cultivate not only buy-in, but, but respect from his players and, and his staff. So I'm just over the moon with, with the Willie Green hire. You know, one thing that caught me on Willie Green is, so Jackson Hayes, unfortunately, blew his ankle out in, in the game. He, um, he fell and twisted it. looked pretty horrible. Scans so far have come back negative. He seems to be okay. It'll just be a sprain. Probably take, I don't know, a couple of weeks to get that sorted, um, unfortunately. But Willie Green came over. And so Jackson's rolling around on the ground, carrying on, as you do when you hurt your ankle. And um, Willie Green comes up and looks at him and starts talking to him. You can't hear what he says, but it's pretty calm, pretty collected. And then he holds an arm out to help him up. And I don't know how many head coaches I've ever seen come over and do, you know, I always see the trainer come over. I always see maybe an assistant, whoever the guy is, but Willie himself has walked over, started talking to him, offers him his hand. Jackson's still rolling around at this point, so he doesn't take it. But then seeing that from the top, I haven't seen that before very often. I mean, I'm, maybe it is a more common thing than possible. And usually they cut away to a timeout or whatever, but, or an ad break, but it really resonated with me that that's the big boss coming over to check your young fella to see how he is and sticking an arm out. It wasn't the doctors that were there. Um, you know, they were there at the other end at his seven foot down that way, <laughs> looking at his feet. So, you know, I really, I think showing that he cares is going to be a big thing for this young group. I think they want to have yeah. someone that cares. <clears throat> and his consistent calm presence. Yeah. Like, I mean, with, with, with Van Gundy, I, I shared that video last year of Gilbert Arenas talking about SVG with the magic where he'd be chilling, having fun before practice and that the clock would hit zero. And then he would just become a monster and mm. SVG's intensity as a coach is just always here. And when you have young players that does not work, no. Willie Green is just a temperate presence. He smooths the waters and it's all good and we'll figure it out. And I trust you and I care about you and we're going to, we're going to move forward together. And that is what you need with such a young team. I just said it seven players at 24 or younger. You have to have that with a young basketball team. You do. You need to be able to manage developing um, basketball players and, and young men they've got a whole heap of other stuff going on. The first time getting a whole heap of money, first time, I suppose, living away from home if they were only at college for a year, you know, properly moving away into another city that they're not from, you know, managing the uh, the media, the spotlight, the additional money, the people that come out of the woodwork that are dealing, all of a sudden you've got the bag, they're coming after you, putting their hand out, you know, you can only imagine all these other factors. And, They've harped on him being a player's coach. And you hear this term every single He's a player's coach, player's coach. It's because he understands. He understands what's happened um, and, and what go what they go through. They know that if you've done weights, that when you come out to start shooting, your legs aren't going to be under you. Your shoulders are going to be cooked. These are things that other coaches don't understand. You can't just go and do a three-hour practice after a weight session. It doesn't work because you've got nothing left to give. Um, and, yep. I, and it sounds like Stan Van Gundy was just get out there and, and bloody uh, and work hard. And, um, right. and that was all the time. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And he's a player's coach, but he's not laissez-faire like Alvin Gentry. Yeah. Well, exactly. He's involved. Yeah. Yeah. He looks locked and loaded. And, um, yep. and he owns it. You know, he came out after this game. He said, you know, um, I need to improve as well. I know I did a few things wrong. And I, fell, I nearly fell off my chair because I was like, hang on. What? It's not just <laughs> it's not just the players. It's not just because the clock ran out quicker than we expected. It's not because Wenyan Gabriel carried the ball. He owned it. And I don't ever recall any of the other guys really saying, oh, I've got to be better. I've got to improve. I've got to work with them. It's, oh, uh, you know, and, and copper. SVG said it, but SVG said it, but nothing came from it. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the response, <laughs> and, isn't it? Right. And we, I mean, it just got to a point where we're like, you're saying you need to be better, but you're not getting better. So what happened to accountability, mm. you know? Yeah, and stop I, yelling I firmly, at him. <laughs> right. I firmly believe that that Willie is a man of his word and, and he will make this team better in the ways that he sees fit, whether he does it himself or he leads it up to Fred Vincent or Teaspoon or, or D House or anybody else on, on the mm. staff for that matter. Yeah, it'll be um it'll be interesting to see. And you know, with Jaron Collins there as well, he um as the uh lead assistant, I think he is. Um and uh believe so yeah yeah and and d'antoni too yeah exactly his special consultant um yeah i've seen him rolling around in his chino shorts at at training camp he was loving life (laughs) that was summer d'antoni was loving it right (laughs) (laughs) but uh so we're one game into preseason so way too early prediction of how this year goes what do we think and i'm holding it to you i'm gonna speak to you at the end of the finals when we win and you, <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, they lost a preseason game, so they're essentially I crown them. They're the they're the champions. So you know, I'm not I'm not gonna go out of this world and and say 50 wins. I'm not gonna say that. That that would be an incredible jump. That would be a Suns esque jump. And we just, I mean, with the Suns, we saw what they had the possibility of being in the bubble. Right. That was that was an indication of who they could be and mm. how they could be. It, and then they got Chris Paul on top of that. The Pels, well, one, they didn't get a Chris Paul. That's that's a big part of it. And two, we know how bad they were this last year and and how the, the you know, the, the weirdness of the piano and that article came out. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to make that leap. I am positive. I'm optimistic, but I'm not going to say they're going to win 50 games and, and, you know, be a guaranteed top five seed in the West. Because one, the West is an absolute gauntlet. It's difficult. It's hard to win games in the NBA. It's really hard to win games in the regularly in the West. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I would probably lean like 40, 41 to 45 is where I think is a reasonable straight, you know, a, a reasonable gauge of, of where the Pelicans will be because 500 should get them into the play in. And a little bit above 500 will probably have them towards the top seed of the play-in. Um, and, and the highest I think they get is is a sixth seed this year. I don't see them getting any higher than that. Because, I mean, what you got the Lakers, you got the Warriors who are essentially back, and especially if they somehow get Ben Simmons, uh, which would be wild. I don't know how they'd make that happen. But uh, the, the Suns are essentially the same roster they had last season. Uh, the Clippers, even though they don't have Kawhi, Dame and the Trailblazers are always going to be scary. 
the Mavericks with Luca. Jazz. I mean, sorry, what? Utah Jazz as well. Yeah, yeah, the Jazz, who were the number one seed, and I didn't even think of them. Um, but this team is is gonna be better than they were last year, but it's not gonna be a cakewalk. It's just not. We're we're gonna have lulls. We're gonna have parts where Pell's Twitter is just outrageous and calling for Willie Green to be fired. Uh, that's just going to happen. There's going to be moments where people are going to say Zion's leaving for New York right away. You know, it, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a part of this season. It's inevitable, but I'm saying 41 to 45 wins and, and they get into the plan, hopefully the playoffs and uh, we see a significant change and progress in a lot of areas. Yeah. I think that's um, a very, uh, logical and uh and tapered response see i think we're winning the flat <laughs> i can't uh, i can't say that i hope you know you always want that success but I, I think you hit the nail on the head i think the top end i i think 500 has to be the goal i think you have to win more games than you lose if you need to be above 500 um i think a failed season is losing more games than you uh, is winning more game hang on is not reaching 500, whatever the hell math, study law, not maths. Um, you know, <laughs> I think you have to get to 50%, and anything less is no good. If we scrape into the plane at, at 10, I don't feel that we've succeeded anything. I think the plane is a cop out so that you get Zion Williamson into the plane, uh, into the playoffs. That's literally what it was to sell more bums on seats. We're trying to make some sort of, uh, you know, fanfare out of finishing 10. There's no fanfare in that. Make the playoffs. There would have been. There would have been had they got in, but they would didn't have. Get yeah, in. exactly. We didn't, yeah. so I don't care about it. <laughs> you know, and this year I'll be all for it if we finish 10th. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I just feel that we never had it before. I don't mind it. I don't have an issue with it. But you shouldn't rely on having to win two games at the end of the season to get into the playoffs. Stamp your spot. They, book your, chick, they book should your have- ticket. They should have their 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 ticket punched. Yeah, by do it. probably not. I mean, I'm not going to say like three quarters of the way through the season, but you should have a point where you're. I mean, maybe even at that point where you're just we've we've won enough games. We know we're getting in. We know we're good. We know we're going to compete at least in the first round, maybe even into the second round. Exactly. Um, there should be that type of confidence and that kind of type of fundamental flip of the switch in their minds going into this season. And, and, and beyond it, it, there's the losing is just, it's not going to cut it anymore. There is after last season, there's no more look to the future stuff. I mean, it, it, there is, there will be to a degree, especially if they make it to the first round and, and, you know, losing six or, or even make it to the second round this coming year, there should be, Oh man, we're going to continue to be good, but it shouldn't be the way it was in terms yeah. of, you know, next year, next year, next year, where, the, the Pels finally make the leap and they finally win games. You know, it, it has to be an elevation of expectations. The can can only be so kicked so far down the road. You can't just keep saying next year, next year, next year. There's all of a sudden B.I.'s all the way through his five-year contract. Zion's already yeah. left two years ago. You know, all of this sort of other carry-on that well, we haven't done anything. Success breeds success. This year, there needs to be somewhere in that locker room, and I'm sure there is some sort of motivational goals that says playoffs on there. There has to be some sort of idea that this is the benchmark. It's not good enough. Mediocrity isn't good enough. The fans deserve it. The players deserve it. The bloody owners deserve it. You know, time to step up. Gail Benson deserves it. 
Gail Benson deserves it, man. With with the way she's, I mean, we heard recently that article came out that she's not gonna like when she passes away. There has to be an agreement that the franchise is gonna stay in New Orleans. Yeah. Gail Benson deserves it. That was an awesome quote. Uh, I was just thrilled to to hear that from her, and and she's just done so much for the city anyway. And and that's just that was that was a great affirmation that a lot of Pelicans fans were happy to hear. Absolutely. And to donate all of the funds from both the sale of the Saints and the Pelicans back to the city. I mean, I was reading that that's the biggest city trust fund that they'd ever have for a, um, for an American city. So, you know, what more do you want? Just get her, get her a ring, you know, let's get her a ring, get us all a ring, please. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they better send us one. We got Pelicans in the name of our podcast. We gotta, we better get a ring. That's all I'm saying. We're all, we're all involved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm conscious that you've got another meeting coming up very shortly. Um, so I appreciate you coming on. Elliot, any final thoughts on the season or anything before we uh, before we jet? Hey, man. I, I mean, for those of you who haven't gathered through listening to this whole thing, I'm excited. I'm very excited. And uh, I, I'm ready to continue to you know grow the the, the team of, of all this Pelicans media that, that we – have you interacted with the guys from Pell's Pod at all, the Rattler brothers? Uh, no, not really. Oh, they bit, did. No. I okay. I was just on there on uh, Pro Pels Talk, and they had Pels Pod on, and those guys are awesome. They're going to be on a roundtable here soon, and I'm excited to do roundtables with you again, and and get all these guys together. And it's just, I, I mean, I just, I just love this stuff. And if I if I didn't, I would focus fully on on my full time job and uh, and not continue to do the Pels coverage. But this is damn fun, man. And, and you can, I'm sure you can say the same. Like this is, and this season's going to be a lot easier on us, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it's it's not all pain all the time. Yeah, well, exactly. We all have to huddle together. It's like, it'll be okay next year, right. next year. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we all want to celebrate together because we've held each other together for long enough. <laughs> yeah. Elliot, final plug of uh, what's going on and uh, where you're at and where people can find you. And then we'll... Uh, We'll get out of here. Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Elliot Clough, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. You're going to find all of my content there, all the Pelican stuff there. On my other Twitter account, at UNI Elliot, um, a, a ton of, of, of UNI Panthers content there, a lot of football right now. But um, if you're looking for Pelicans, just go to at ElliotClough.com. There's going to be links to all the podcast articles, and uh, just general Pelicans content from me. Fantastic. Elliot, I thank you very much for your time. Guys, go out and follow him. He is I can't miss in terms of Pelicans content. Uh, I appreciate your time, mate. We'll have to chat soon. Absolutely, sir. You can, you can bet on that. Indeed. All righty, mate. Thanks again to Elliot for jumping on. Uh, always a fantastic chat with him. Uh, Make sure you go and follow him at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Um, now, before we wrap up, obviously that was a big chat. We've got the Magic on tonight, uh, which will probably come out, what, I think it starts a couple of hours, two hours or so. Uh, so looking forward to that first game back at the Smoothie King Center, um, which is just fantastic. It's on Bally Sports as well, so we don't have to muck around trying to find a stream or listening to the away stream. Uh, looking forward to seeing that, guys. I'd just like to thank the sponsors before we wrap up. Manscaped.com, use the code 
hoopball20, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. And also mybookie.ag, uh, 20% off. Uh, oh, sorry. You get an entire deposit match when you use the code hoopball when you sign up. Pardon me, I was getting ahead of myself. Um, and of course, we still have the Zion one competition. Uh, go and support uh, Feed the Second Line. And, and there's that uh, the tweet pinned to my uh, Twitter. And uh, if you go and retweet that, like it, and and drop a couple of buckaroonies in uh, Feed the Second Line, you can go in to win yourself a pair of Zion one basketball shoes. They're fantastic. I've got a couple of pairs and uh, would absolutely recommend getting them. Uh, and we love Zion. So, so go and grab a pair of those. Um, yeah, great to see anyone getting involved. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with that. Uh, as always, I'm Lyle Swithenbank at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. At Hoopball Pels is the show. Look after yourselves and bye for now. This has been a Hoopball presentation. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.